Hey guys, welcome to episode 4 of the Praise PlayStation Podcast. Today is Tuesday, September 26, 2017. My name is Nicholas Ryan, I'll be your host. Welcome guys, sorry I missed the show last week, kind of had some personal issues that came up there, wasn't able to get something recorded. Uh, It's going to be a busy couple of months for me, but I'll do everything I can to keep putting these out every week. So what you guys been playing? Uh, I've been dabbling a bit in Project Cars 2, that released last week. I love my racing sims, and uh, with no Gran Turismo on the PS4 yet, I've been kind of left to look around a little bit for something else to play. Played a bit of the first Project Cars, but it didn't handle very well with the gamepad, and fortunately I don't have a steering wheel for my PS4. Uh, second one seems like a pretty good improvement. Gamepad controls actually work out of the box. You don't have to go playing around with the configurations and everything to get something drivable. Um, one thing I really, really have been enjoying about it is, uh, how dynamic it is. Um, the weather, the time of day, kind of how you progress in your career, everything is very dynamic and changes as you play. You can be doing a race, starts with sunny weather, switches to rainy weather, water kind of pools on the track, causes the car to hydroplane and things like that. And then, uh, the sun will come back out, the water will dry up. Track will warm up again. Your tires get warm when you start getting more traction. It's a it's a very good way to keep the races interesting. Um, one of the criticisms I always had of the older Gran Turismo's, anyways, is that it was very static. Um, you had your track, the sun never moved or anything. It and uh, to have those kind of changes make it feel a lot more like a real race. Just adds another wrinkle in there. It's pretty crazy, hey. I mean. Uh, what the PS4 released in 2013 and we still don't have a Gran Turismo on there. It's Sony's best-selling exclusive uh, by a pretty big margin, actually. I believe Gran Turismo 5 was the best-selling game, uh, exclusive game, sorry, on on the PS3. And they still haven't released one on PS4. So I have really high hopes for sport. And uh, we'll, we'll come back to that later in the episode. I popped Drive Club back in the other day there to give that a try and... God, what a gorgeous game. Evolution did an amazing job on that. Rest in peace. It's uh, it's too bad the launch there got botched so bad and they ended up shutting down. But it's kind of the perfect example of a game that launched poorly. That w- They were able to turn it around. They just kept supporting it, kept supporting it. Um, it's probably the best seasons pass ever that's ever been released for a game. You got a lot for your money. They just kept cranking out the DLC and expansions like crazy. It's a... Uh, it's too bad to see them shut down. I realize a lot of those guys were uh, absorbed into Codemasters and will be working for them. So hopefully we'll see something like another Motorstorm or Drive Club from Codemasters in the future. It's an absolute crime that uh, Drive Club never got a PS4 Pro patch with how good looking that game is. An absolute crime. Seriously though, if you guys have any sort of interest in racing games and uh, you haven't picked up Drive Club yet, I really recommend it. You can get it. I think it's 750 right now on the PlayStation Store if you're a Plus member and 20 bucks ish uh, if you have uh, for the Seasons Pass as well and I mean that's a that's a lot of content for your money. 
So being that I missed last week's show there, I'll try and fit in all the news I can here. So starting off, Bruce Straley, co-director of both The Last of Us and Uncharted 4 at Thief's End, has announced his departure from developer Naughty Dog. Straley began his time in Naughty Dog 1999, working as a texture artist on Crash Team Racing as the company's 15th employee. I left kind of a, a thank you to his fans on Naughty Dog's website. Quote, A sincere thanks to the fans. Knowing I was a part of creating something that touched or moved any of you made this whole thing worthwhile. And now I, too, get to anticipate the next Naughty Dog masterpiece. End quote. A big thanks to Bruce for the work he did on uh, The Last of Us and Uncharted 4. Both terrific, terrific games. Probably the best that uh, Naughty Dog ever put out. I believe he was... Uh, co-director on Uncharted 2 as well. So best of luck to Bruce and wherever he goes from here. Bungie has confirmed that Curse of Osiris is indeed the name of Destiny's 2 upcoming expansion. Uh, Bungie marketing director Eric Osborne said in a post on Twitter, quote, Curse of Osiris is not a leak, it's real, end quote. Uh, reports of Curse of Osiris surfaced last month, claiming the DLC pack will center around Osiris and feature a new patrol zone. Uh, will reportedly launch sometime in December. Now, obviously, the first Destiny had lots of DLC and expansions, so I expect nothing less from Destiny 2. Uh, Bungie and Activision are going to want to make a lot of money on this, so they'll keep cranking out the content and charging us for it. Battleborn will not receive any future content beyond an update coming this fall. Creative director Randy Varnell said in a post on the Gearbox forums, quote, As of this week, there will be no more battle plans and there is currently no planned content after the fall update. Ellipsis. Battleborn is here to stay. Nothing is changing with Battleborn and the servers will be up and active for the foreseeable future. End quote. Uh, Varnell is now shifting focus to work on a highly anticipated but unannounced game, which would most likely be Borderlands 3, uh, seeing as we haven't seen a new new release in the Borderlands franchise on the new consoles either. We already know that Gearbox is working on Borderlands 3, but there's no date or real information uh, out there just yet. There were a few big announcements at uh, the Tokyo Game Show at Sony's conference. Uh, Monster Hunter World will be released worldwide on January 26, 2018. So this will actually be the first Monster Hunter on console since Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate released on the Wii U in 2011. The first on a PlayStation system in North America since Monster Hunter Freedom Unite on the Freedom Unite, sorry, on uh, the PlayStation Portable in 2008, and the first on a PlayStation console since Monster Hunter 2 in 2006. Uh, the last core title in the series, Monster Hunter Generations, which released. Uh, Solely on 3DS, has sold 1.7 million copies as of April 2017. So being that this is the first Monster Hunter on consoles in quite a while, with the PS4's 60 or so million install base and the Xbox One's 30 or million install base, um, Capcom is clearly targeting a bigger audience for this one. To, uh, it's a huge game in Japan, and uh, getting bigger all over the world, so I think it's the right move to bring it back to consoles. And finally, probably the biggest announcement at uh, the Tokyo Game Show. Square Enix has revealed a new mech game called Left Alive, which they describe as a survival action shooter. 
Uh, there's not a whole lot of information about it, just a cinematic trailer, no gameplay or anything. But it's kind of curious looking at the names involved. Um, I'm sure I'm going to pronounce these wrongs, but I'll give it a shot anyways. Uh, Yori Shinkawa, who worked on the Metal Gear games doing character art. Uh, as well as Toshifumi Nebishima, whose previous work includes production on the Armored Core series. And uh, Chrome Hounds as well at From Software. These are uh, two pretty big names in Japanese gaming, so I'll be curious to see what uh, what they release here. It's set to release sometime in 2018 as an exclusive on the PlayStation 4. The game is also reportedly set in uh, the Front Mission universe for uh, any of you old school PlayStation guys that played those back on the original PlayStation. That's all for the news the last two weeks, guys. So for my pick of the week this week, guys, I'm picking uh, FIFA 18. Uh, it's Well, it's FIFA, which is always one of the biggest selling games of the year. The soccer football fans always go nuts for it. Um, it switched to the Frostbite engine last year. And uh, even though I'm more of a pro-evolution soccer kind of guy, I can't deny how slick uh, the presentation of FIFA is how big it is the whole fifa ultimate team thing is obviously huge in uh, the gaming community um this one continues the story of alex hunter and the journey uh last year they started a story mode with cinematics and uh, kind of branching conversations and such and this will expand upon that story mode and continue alex hunter's story not really too much to say about it other than it's it's more fifa Super high production values and EA Sports kind of biggest game. Oh, and uh, last week I was going to pick Project Cars 2 as a, as my pick of the week. I kind of touched on that earlier. Without there being a, a Gran Turismo game on the console yet, I feel like this is kind of your best bet for a racing sim right now. And uh, even with Gran Turismo Sport coming... Um, it seems to be a lot more multiplayer focused uh, than the previous entries. There doesn't seem to be a real um, kind of campaign car PG mode where you start off with your beater cars and build them up. Not that Project Cars necessarily does the same thing, but it does have a, a full, full proper career mode. Obviously, it uh, can't touch the budget and production values of the Gran Turismo games, but uh, we'll see what happens when Sport comes out. I'm I'm very excited for it. But as it stands right now, I believe Project Cars 2 is the best racing sim on the PlayStation 4. I would say that uh, Assetto Corsa, if you have a wheel, is the better simulator, whereas Project Cars still drives very well, but actually has a full proper game around it as well. So guys, for the topic of the show this week, I thought I'd touch on the big games of fall that are coming out. Obviously, this is kind of the best season to be a gamer with the holiday season coming. All the companies put out their big names to make a lot of money for Christmas. So starting off, we have Middle Earth Shadow of War releasing on October 10th. I think everyone was kind of surprised at how good the first game turned out being a licensed game. Uh, kind of took uh, the Batman Arkham series combat, blended it with kind of an Assassin's Creed sort of movement system, and uh, turned up the violence a bit compared to Batman anyways. Uh, it's big selling point was the nemesis system and I really I can't believe that no one has copied this yet 
Um, so for those of you who don't know how it kind of worked is you had kind of certain enemy characters that would follow you around the map. You would battle them. They had names. Um, when you defeat them, they may come back later down the road and just kind of show up just to mess up with your mess up your stuff. Each one kind of had its own uh, strengths and weaknesses that you had to plan around. And again, I seem to talk about um, games being dynamic a lot, but I think this is a perfect example of that as well, where um, just kind of the emergent gameplay that comes from a system like this and creating your own little stories, it's, it's very cool. Next up, we have The Evil Within 2, releasing on October 13th. Uh, the first one was a really good survival horror shooter that kind of was a bit of a spiritual uh, successor to Resident Evil 4, which is uh, one of my favorite games of all time. Um, I believe it was the same director who worked on uh, Resident Evil 4 as The Evil Within. Um, unfortunately, the game had quite a few technical issues, um, namely a pretty poor frame rate and that kind of stuff drives me nuts. So hopefully they got that ironed out this time around by cutting last-gen support. Uh, the story wasn't really anything to write home about, but the gameplay was nice and, and fast and frantic. And uh, if you liked Resident Evil 4, you probably would have really enjoyed that. So hopefully they can expand on that even further um, with the second release here. Next up, we have Gran Turismo Sport, which releases October 17th. So uh, I've spoke about this game quite a bit already this episode. It's the first Gran Turismo on the PS4. Um, seems like they're kind of taking a bit of a reboot approach here. Instead of cramming as many tracks and cars as they can, um, everything here is built from the ground up on the PS4. They're not carrying over any assets or anything from the previous games. Um, big focus here seems to be multiplayer, online multiplayer. Um, the, the campaign mode or what there is of it seems to be more of kind of a training ground for the multiplayer. So, I mean, it's Gran Turismo. I'm sure it's going to handle great. It looks phenomenal. And uh, I'm really excited to dive into this. I've really been missing uh, the Gran Turismo game on the PlayStation 4. I almost wish that they would have ported over Gran Turismo 6. Even if it was just a straight port, 1080p, 60 frames per second, I, I would have put a lot of time into that. It released kind of right at the end of the PS3's life cycle and the PS4 was already out. I just never gave, got to give it the proper time that it deserved. Um, Gran Turismo 3, 4, and 5 are some of my most played games ever, really. So uh, suffice to say, I'm really excited for this one. On October 27th, we have Assassin's Creed Origins. Now, uh, the Assassin's Creed series actually took a year off last year for the first time in, what, like eight, nine years? Something like that anyways. Um, so uh, I think the series really needed it. They were kind of just rehashing the same stuff over and over again. So hopefully the Ubisoft kind of took a step back and really reevaluated what Assassin's Creed needed to be. Um, it looks like they're giving it a bit more of an RPG focus here. And it's, uh, it's set in Egypt this time. So I'm curious to see how that one's going to turn out. I was kind of over Assassin's Creed. Um, that being said, they were well-made games, good games. So hopefully they can bring it back and uh, really make it better than ever. Also on October 27th, we have Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus. I'm going to go ahead and say the first was one of the best single-player shooters on the PS4. So uh, now that they've dropped last-gen support, um, they should really ramp this one up without uh, the PS3 and the Xbox holding it back. So 
Looking forward to this. It's set in America this time. And the first one actually was surprisingly poignant in its in its storytelling. Uh, Machine Games did a very good job on it. It's just kind of a, a good pure first-person shooter, kind of similar to what the, the Doom release last year was. Next up, Call of Duty World War II, November 3rd. Uh, I criticized Assassin's Creed there for uh, kind of rehashing the same content and over, and now we're at Call of Duty, so... I actually, I have a bit of a soft spot for Call of Duty. Um, it's a good game to play with your maybe not so hardcore gamer friends. It's one of the very, very few games that lets you play split screen uh, online. And that that's worth major points to me. I mean, it, it's Call of Duty. You kind of know what you're going to get with Call of Duty. Um, that being said, I'm very happy they're going back to World War II. I feel like that's kind of where the series belongs. I enjoyed the Modern Warfare stuff as well. But uh, once it started to go more sci-fi, it just that's not really my thing. That's not what I see Call of Duty as. This one's made by Sledgehammer Games, which uh, the last one they did was Advanced Warfare, which uh, was probably the most graphically impressive one. So I, I'm happy to see they're going back to World War II, and I'm curious to see how it's going to turn out. But I mean... Call of Duty is Call of Duty. We all kind of know what we're going to get here. It's going to sell like crazy. Kind of regardless of kind of how our reviews or anything, really. That one releases on uh, November 3rd. So finally, we have Star Wars Battlefront 2 releasing November 17th. Uh, the first game is kind of a perfect example of what could have been a really good game that launched too soon. Um... DICE made this, who does the Battlefield series, so obviously it was incredibly technically advanced. Their Frostbite engine is probably one of the best around right now. Um, and it, it really captured the look and feel of Star Wars in uh, a pretty striking way. But it released with very little content, not a whole lot of maps or anything. Um, there was a lot of DLC and such that really improved that. Um, they added things like split screen. So th this is kind of a game where the first one had a great framework and the second one should be able to expand upon it and, and make it much better. Um, it's to have a full campaign as well, which the first one didn't have. More content, more maps, just kind of a refinement of what the first one was. So um, I'm a little tentative about it. The first one I found maybe necessarily went a little bit too far towards the accessibility side. Um, a good example I can use for that is... Uh, kind of the shooting mechanics, whether you're aiming down your sights, hip firing, or moving, you're, uh, the accuracy is always the same. So, uh, I mean, it makes it easier for people to play, but it also kind of dilutes um, your choices a bit in terms of your stances and things like that and uh, improving your accuracy that way. That being said, it's Star Wars, and uh, I'm sure Disney, uh, DICE, and EA are trying to market this to the masses. So maybe making it more accessible is a, is a good way to do that. So obviously there are uh, more games than just those coming out. Uh, I left off quite a few, including uh, some remasters and such that I'm actually excited for, like Dragon's Dogma and uh, Okami HD. Just thought I'd kind of stick to the, the biggest games of the fall. So what are your guys' thoughts? What uh, what are you most excited for this fall? I, I'm probably going to have to put Gran Turismo Sport first for me for all the reasons I outlined earlier in this episode. 
If you guys want to send me your opinions or anything, ask some questions. If I like it, I may put it on the show. Send uh, send an email to praiseplaystation at gmail.com and I'll uh, I'll get around to reading and answering you back. Big thank you to everyone for watching. My name is Nicholas Ryan and this is the Praise PlayStation Podcast. Have a good week, guys. Cheers. Both the intro and outro are from the song Hole by Chime and Adam Tell. Music provided by No Copyright Sounds.